Hello, this is Bill Lytell again with some wisdom for your walk. I want to talk to you about Isaiah chapter 66, verse 2. The title of this this message, uh, this little podcast, is How to Get Favor with God. Some wisdom for your walk. That's, that's got to be a big question among anybody that loves God or is seeking the Lord Jesus Christ, is how does a man get in favor with God? Well, we know through salvation, of course, is the first step through trusting by faith, simple childlike faith that Jesus is Christ, the Son of the living God, that he died, was buried, and rose again the third day. That's the gospel. You believe he died for your sins, he took your place, substituted for you, and you claim him as your substitute. Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. But you put your faith in Christ. It's not an intellectual faith. It's a life-changing faith. It's a with-all-your-heart faith, as the Bible so clearly defines in, in uh, Romans 10, 9, with your whole heart, with all your heart. With that said, let me read Isaiah 66, 2. It says, For all those things hath mine hand made, and all those things have been since, saith the Lord. But to this man will I look. Now, that, that got my attention when I read it. To this man will I look, and it was like look in favor, even to him that is of a poor and of a contrite spirit, and trembleth at my word. It also says in Isaiah, or excuse me, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, For without faith it's impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of them that does what? Diligently seek him. He'll reward those who diligently seek him. He'll reward those who are of a poor and contrite spirit and tremble at his word. And I can't tell you enough how important it is to study the Bible to figure out what God is pleased with and what he is not pleased with. Psalm 15 is a big psalm for me. Let me read it to you. It says, uh, Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell on thy holy hill? Okay, so God's basically saying, uh, David is saying, I should say, to God, who's, who's going to be those people you want to have as neighbors? Who, who are going to be those people you want to you want to have in heaven to, to cohabitate with, to dwell with? And then it starts out, verse 2, He that walketh uprightly and worketh righteousness and speaketh the truth in his heart. He that backbiteth not with his tongue, nor doeth evil to his neighbor, nor taketh up a reproach against his neighbor. That's big, right? Because to love your neighbor is the second greatest commandment. In whose eyes a vile person is condemned. You don't, you don't laugh at evil people. I've been guilty of that, laughing at things I shouldn't be laughing at. A vile person is condemned. But he that honoreth them that fear the Lord... He that sweareth to his own hurt and changeth not, wow, you keep your word, your yes is yes, your no is no. He that putteth not out his money to usury, in other words, you're not unfairly taking advantage of people with interest, nor taketh reward against the innocent. He that doeth these things shall never be moved. Now that's big. I got to have that. I decided early on in my Christian experience, in 18, 19, 20 years old, my early 20s, as I began to study the Bible, I didn't even know these things existed. I didn't know they were in the Bible. I mean, you start out knowing nothing of the Bible. 
and then you start reading it. Usually you start reading the New Testament. You don't read it. Most people don't read it much. They read a little dabby here and a dabby there, and they really get that's their Christian experience, to be honest with you, is reflected by their little bit of just a infantile knowledge of the Word of God. Let that not be you, folks. You're listening to this podcast. You're seeking something from God. You want more. And this is this is a good way to do it. It's one way to get an idea from an old-timer who's been through the ropes a little bit that can help you out. The, the idea of seeking God, uh, if God will reward you. You'll get his favor if you begin to diligently seek him, as I read before in Hebrews 11.6. If you diligently seek God, now what is diligent? You know. You know what it is. Diligent, you put your hand down, you do it. Diligently seeking after God means you're you read the Bible on a regular basis. I always encourage people to read it through at least once a year. That's three chapters a day, average. Uh, that keeps you fresh. Pretty soon in one year, you'll have read Genesis to Revelation. You'll read the entire Word of God. Now, I know some of that reading is tedious. I know some of that reading is hard to do. I mean, some of, some of you get in some of those genealogies or you get in some of the areas of, of the children of Israel like in Leviticus where they're given the law of God or maybe in Exodus towards the end of that book or possibly in Numbers or maybe you get in the book of Jeremiah or Ezekiel and Lamentations and that'll maybe bog you down a little bit. But you you just say, hey, this is the word of God. Something in here has something for me. There's a reason why God wants me to know about the kings of Israel, about the kings of Judah. There's a reason why God wants me to know about Saul about David, about Solomon. There's a reason God wants me to know there's judges in the Old Testament. There's a reason why God wants me to know the book of Psalms, and Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, all these other. In other words, folks, it's the Word of God. I don't have to understand why. My mom used to say, I want you to eat your vegetables. I didn't like them, didn't want to eat them, didn't understand why I should eat them, but she was an authority over me. She was much older than me. She had more wisdom than I had, and she said, eat your vegetables. So I ate them. Now, I, I'm, I'm growing up, big boy now, and so I know vegetables are good for you. In fact, you need vegetables, green vegetables, yellow vegetables, red vegetables. So I know what I didn't know then. I just trusted her that she had maybe some knowledge I didn't have, and that's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to just trust God that he knows something that you don't know, and he knows something you need to know. And so you're just going to have to say, okay, I've had a hundred excuses why not to read the Bible. I get bogged down in the genealogies. I get bogged down in the Old Testament. But I am going to read the Old Testament through every year, or at least every year or so, every other year. But I'm going to make a schedule. I'm going to be let the schedule be my master, and I'm going to discipline myself to read the Word of God. I am going to diligently seek God's face. And I'm going to do it with a humble spirit, as Isaiah 66, 2 says, I'm going to do it with a contrite spirit. I'm going to tremble at his word, and I'm going to obey it when I hear it. Jesus said every little jot and tittle of the law will be fulfilled. He said heaven and earth pass away before these won't be fulfilled. So in essence, God cares about small things, right? God cares about small things. I like Jeremiah 32, 41, where he says, Yea, I will rejoice over them to do them good. I will plant them in the land assuredly with my whole heart and with my whole soul. That's where I want God to be with me. How about you? 
I want God to rejoice over me for good. See, a lot of times people think, oh, God's a old man with a big stick, always wanting to whack you every time you get out of line. No, he's not. That's the devil's lie about God. You haven't read the Bible enough to know who God is. But see, if you want to know who God is, the Bible says of the New Testament, it's the mind of Christ. If you want to know who God is, as he said in John chapter 14 to Philip, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Well, you haven't seen Jesus unless you've read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And you're going to have to read it a few times unless you've got a photographic memory. You're going to have to read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, over and over and over again. You're going to start focusing on who Jesus is. And you're going to have to read the book of Acts, Romans through Jude, and how to live the Christian life, book of Revelation, how things are all going to end. You've got to know the New Testament. But you also need to know the Old Testament because the New Testament relates to the Old Testament. A lot of what's in the New Testament, it comes from the Old Testament. And so when you begin to read the Pentateuch, as the Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and then you begin to read Joshua, Judges, Ruth, and all the other books there through the Old Testament, you're going to read the history of Israel, the choosing of Abraham, the creating of Israel, the kings of Israel, the failure of Israel, the judgment of Israel, the, ex the exile of Israel, the return of Israel, and then Jesus is going to be born in Matthew chapter 1. And you're going to begin to say, hey, I got a grip on this book. I'm getting a grip on this thing. And brother and sister in Christ, you need to get a grip on the Bible. If you want to have God's favor, you have to diligently seek him. When you, how do you seek him? You seek his word. That's who he is. He told you, here am I. Uh, here am I. This is who I am, what I am, what I believe is right and wrong, what I believe is good and bad. It's in the Bible. And God cares about little things. He cares about small things. Every jot, every tittle, that's a crossing of an I and dotting of a, excuse me, a dotting of an I and a crossing of the T. He cares about small things. So I hope this helps you some. I'm just trying to encourage you folks. This is an area of failure. I'm more worried about this area of failure than I am you smoking, drinking, cussing, going to movie shows and acting ugly and playing too many video games or watching pornography. I am a whole lot more concerned about this area than I am that because if you don't seek God, you don't have a chance. You're not going to make it well. You're not going to end well. You're not going to have a good eternity. Oh, you'll be saved, but your eternity is not going to do well and you're going to suffer shame and suffer loss at the judgment seat of Christ, and you're going to have regret unbelievable until he wipes away tears from your eyes. So may this be some wisdom for your walk. May you may shake yourself, make a schedule, make the schedule your master, and do it on in faith. Read in faith. Pursue God in faith. That Maybe maybe he knows something I don't know. Preacher Lytell knows something I don't know, and it's right. And I'm going to tell you what, 10 years from now, You'll, if I'm alive, you'll write me, call me, and say, Preacher, you were right, you were right, you were right. Well, how do I know that? I've had dozens of people do that already, maybe more than that. Say, Preacher, it was right. I know it's right. This is some wisdom for your walk.